Hey everybody, welcome to uh, Diamond After Dark. I'm your host, Zanman Shane Sabunia, the expatriate, along with my good buddy, the Honorable Jeff. Hello. And welcome to Dynamite After Dark. Uh, well, let's start at the top, Jeff, because you were just telling me how much you loved this main event, and and I enjoyed a lot of it, but I was getting fucking sick of Jake Hager coming in there every so often to interrupt the flow of the match. That, and then I, at the end of it, the the rest of the inner circle, the PNP had to come out there too, so... Nope, we couldn't. We couldn't actually get a, a fair contest, you know, for the main event. There, it had it had to be a five on two beatdown. Boy, that was just fucking riveting television. I think that might have been my only negative on it. I'm not saying this was a five star epic classic that I, I'll watch over and over again, but for a TV match at the end of a live broadcast, it was very entertaining. Um, I I enjoyed the the golf cart spot a lot especially watching sammy run away from it i enjoyed a lot of the backstage stuff um i i enjoyed you know some of the moves like uh, kenny and and matt pulling out the whisper in the wind and all that so i it it had enough high points to where i was happy with it it had its moments and it, and it was like you said high energy and exciting but i'm i'm just to the point where i'm and i realize we haven't seen the inner circle be together in in months but i do have a memory and and I'm and I'm just getting really sick of the baby faces always being too stupid to have the numbers that the that the heels do. You know, I yeah, mean, it's I mean, classic I mean, wrestling writing, though. Yeah, maybe, but I mean, I, I saw I saw way too much happening in MLW, and I'm seeing it happen way too much in AEW. You know, I mean, I mean, at some point, the the baby faces need to wise up and realize that they can't always give the heels a number advantage. And and I realize also that. Um, you know, not all the members of the elite were even there, but Cody was. And, you know, other guys that Jericho and, and their <clears throat> problems with, like Billy Gunn and his stupid son and Pineapple Pete were all there. I mean, so it wasn't like there weren't baby faces there. SCU was even there that could have been out there helping the out. So, I mean, it, to, I can't, it, it just, it takes away a lot of my suspension of disbelief when it happens over and over and over again. If Cody couldn't even come out and save his own wife, do you really think he's going to make an effort for... Um, you know, people he's not even really a member of a faction with anymore. But he only had about two minutes together with his wife, whereas he had about half an hour, or at least at least ten minutes to get out there with the elite to help them out. Yeah, but still, I mean, if he wasn't gonna have, if he wasn't gonna run out and save his wife, I didn't expect it. I, 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 I see where with, he should have been with them from the start. I mean, if this is supposed to be the faction that eventually is supposed to finally have that blood and guts match, he should have been out there with them to start it. I understand where you're coming from, but it's it's become such classic uh, wrestling writing that I don't. I guess classic I didn't. Classic is another word for saying old old hat. Like it's it's derogore, It's boring, and you know I mean if it's if it's just this one night again to establish the, their dominance, I'm fine with it. I guess, but if this keeps happening week after week after week again, like it started to happen at the beginning of March, then I'm going to have a real problem with it because it's just too boring. Well, it ha- it, it, it's writing towards a comeuppance storyline at a pay-per-view, which we would have gotten at Blood and Guts. Now, the fact that we didn't get it at Blood and Guts and we've had three months of them, well, two months of them not having that presence anymore. Um, and in those, you know, and I, those two or three months, the baby pieces had to become brain dead and, for, and forget this could happen, right? Well, they've got to rewrite now for another payoff. You know, Again, it's not... Jeff. Again, it's, it's did the not. Brain dead, did, the, did, the, did the baby face become brain dead and forget something like this can happen? 
were they ever brain dead? This has been the same storyline that's been going on since 1984 with the Heenan family. This is just wrestling writing. The, the heels are always going to get the number advantage until they get their comeuppance at the pay-per-view. That's, That's just, just an excuse, though. That's an excuse for saying this is just wrestling writing. They could, it's it's 2020 now. They could easily change the wrestling writing to something that makes more sense. Or they, they, could at least, or they could at least write people off the screen so it doesn't make it look, look so fucking ridiculous. They could, but I mean, this is this has been the way it's been since the dawn of time. The Horsemen did it. The Heenan family did it. The NWO perfected. Those are just excuses. What did I just fucking get done saying? They're not excuses. This is yes, classic they are. wrestling writing. You're talking about you're talking about thirty five goddamn years ago. I'm I'm agreeing with you, and I have agreed with you in the past that this kind of writing isn't the way it is. But it's nothing to get this angry about. Yeah, it I is, mean, it, I expect, it's the way it's the way that writing is in wrestling. It's you know, as much as we want the heel versus face thing to go away, it's never going to. And if because they were going to ha- do this, they could have they could have at least had those three guys all come out at the end and not have to not to have to have Jake Hager involved in th- two thirds of the match. I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I but I'm not also going to get. Don't tell me it was a great match. You were in, really enjoying. Wow, you are fired up today. I'm pissed. I. It was a good episode. They advertised one thing, and they delivered us something. And they delivered something t- totally different. Well, they advertised a street fight, which is what we got between two teams, not between three on two or five on two. <laughs> this is great. You're really and have, fired. And have up all today. those baby faces out there watching and just and just not doing anything to help them when. The when you know the other part that we're again and we're not supposed to remember because they're they're doing WWF style booking now or WWE style booking where they don't want the fans to remember shit is that remember the Intercept declared war on the entire promotion so right why and why were the, the baby faces out there helping them when that's the case because ninety percent of those baby faces aren't even on the roster doesn't matter they're still there but they're not they're, they're not a part of the roster paycheck, they should be doing something. Oh, you are fired up. <laughs> Don't fuck up my show, man. I, I, I love when you get this angry about something. <laughs> um Well I I mean I mean I, I think that I think that when you have I mean you could have uh you know Sean Spears get involved when, when he was, you know, against the baby faces. You could have uh Britt Baker get in, or I'm sorry, Chelsea Baker get involved against the um, against the baby faces, but you can't have the baby faces help the heels when they're clearly stealing advantages. It makes no goddamn sense. I think because it's not a, um, the last time something like that really happened where baby faces got involved when they weren't involved was when the NWO was trying to take over Nitro or trying to take over WCW. There's oh, not just that. Like, just like the inner circle said they were going to take over um, AEW right after the revolution pay-per-view like that. But they're not, they're not, it's not that same. It's not a same storyline. This is more no, like when not, legacy fucking COVID-19 that's kept them off, off the, out of the arena ever since then. This is Otherwise more like, this is more uh, like when evolution said the same were, thing as they were taking over everything. This is more like when evolution said the same thing. They're just not, it's not, you know, people don't get involved when it doesn't affect them. And it's not like 
their jobs are being threatened like it was with storyline NWO writing. I mean, the NWO was going to fire everybody because Eric Bischoff was in charge if they didn't join the NWO. So, yeah, people were fighting back because they were fighting for their jobs. If the NWO took over, then they lost their jobs. That's not the same thing here. So you get people like and and if we're being real, um, yeah, if I saw a how many Americans, if they saw uh, two guys getting beat down by four would actually jump in to help if they just didn't if it didn't affect them at all. But if they're supposed to be babyface heroes, they should be doing it. If they're supposed to be babyface heroes, but Pineapple Pete's an indie guy who's just on the show and got his name called out a few times. But how many times did, had, did Chris Jericho over the last four weeks say how much he hated Billy Gunn and his son and how they were stupid good guys and all this other shit, and then they didn't even jump were those, in? Were those two even there? They were. I didn't they, were in, they, were, they, were backed, they were in the back area where they were fighting, and they were like... Laughing and joking and cheering on and and uh, cheering what was going on. You know what? I can't answer that, but I'm not. You know, I I, I guess I'm not gonna fret about it as much because it's just the way wrestling is. Oh God, that's a, that's how you use that excuse now. I mean, it's let's be honest. Outside of, um having longer matches and putting an emphasis on tag team wrestling, which has been done in other companies for a long time, ring of honor, for example, in all honesty, what has AEW really, really done to revolutionize pro wrestling? Nothing. They've got the same tired storylines that have been going on in wrestling for 30 some years that Jesus Christ, their number one contender can't even wrestle for the title and they don't explain it away. You know, it, it's the same it's the same wrestling that we see all the time, except we're actually getting good matches as opposed to um, superstar versus superstar and every single week seeing the same formula every single week with the same participants that we're going to see for three straight pay-per-views. I mean, outside of that, they it's not like they've gone out and reinvented the wheel. They've run with the same stuff that's worked for 30 plus years and revamped it. I do not like when people push the reset button. That's what they, that's what they did tonight with the inner circle shit. Cause it's the exact same bullshit that we saw after revolution. And they just, and they just decided that, Oh, since we couldn't have these guys here for a couple of months, let's just redo it all over again. We never got the payoff. We never got the payoff. You know how much I hate that shit. Oh, I get it, but we never got the payoff. It's not like we had that ultimate blood and guts. That doesn't mean uh, you have to insult the fans intelligence though. It's not really insulting the fans' yes, intelligence. Yes, it is. No, it's you're, not you're because we never. Intelligence, or you're insulting the babyface's intelligence. Either way, you're insulting somebody's intelligence. So just because COVID nineteen happened and they couldn't have their big payoff, we're just supposed to think that the inner circle now is no longer a force. No, but you could at least you could at least have the have their opponents have you know be smart enough to know what was going to happen and and take safeguards to prevent it. So babyfaces are never and, smart and At least we have five on five and not five on two or maybe the inner, inner circle introduces another member to make it six on five and that's something the baby faces weren't expecting something like that you know, the, the problem the problem is is it wasn't a war of baby faces versus the inner circle it wasn't a war of all heels versus all faces this is a war of the elite versus um 
versus the inner circle. And while I agree with you that Cody should have gotten off his ass at least once, either when his wife was getting beaten down or when his teammates were, I, I can't fault the rest of the roster for not jumping in. Because it wasn't a war of the inner circle versus the entire roster, even though they did declare they were going to run roughshod over the roster, they never did. Outside of Moxley, it was the elite that they attacked. They never randomly ran out and attacked Pineapple Pete or any of the other baby faces. Yeah, Jericho ran them down on on commentary, and Pineapple Pete stepped up at the or what is his actual name? I mean, I know it's not Pineapple Pete, but even the announcers are calling him that now. Tony, when Tony should. I know it originally wasn't Pineapple Pete, and it was something else, but Tony Schiavone actually announced that next week on Dynamite is yep. Chris Yorko versus Pineapple Pete. So maybe that's and what he ca- is for his name. And he called him Pineapple Pete three or four times, especially in the beginning. Right. Um, you know, it's like this guy has an actual wrestling name. We're not just going to start calling him Jericho's nickname. Um, but regardless, I mean, he did he did step up to Jericho as uh, for all the insults. But outside of him... You know, nobody else really, it was just insults. It wasn't, it's not like there's a personal vendetta between every baby face on the roster and the inner circle. They declared war, but they haven't beaten anybody down. They've kept their battle to the inner circle. Or I'm sorry, to the elite. They haven't really included everybody else. So, I I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't destroy me that, um, that every babyface on the roster didn't run to Kenny Omega's um, aid. Well, it would it would have bugged me a lot less if Cody had come out there. Or somebody else, or somebody, if somebody Cody had, had out there, or at least somebody had been out there with him because they they yep. knew Hager was going to be out there. And 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 if you know, and if the PMP had come in at the end and and helped out for the victory, it just it just bugged the hell out of me that Hager was so involved in that. And I and I agree with that. I think Hager being as involved and Cody not doing anything kind of leads more credence to the, um, you know, what we said last week about how Cody is one of the bigger heels on the roster, but he's being cheered because he's the face of AEW. You know, this just this just proves kind of what we were saying is Cody is in it for himself. He's not in this for his teammates and for everything. He's probably one of the biggest heels on the roster, but he's getting cheered every single week. The other thing I'll say about, about that match is that uh, after every, everything Hager took and kept getting up from it, they hit the wrong guy with the um, side-by-side. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I will say this, though, that watching Sammy run down the uh, corridor or run down the rampway, Whatever it was that you know, the backstage area being chased by the cart was one of the best things I've seen. Yeah, and and I mean you're right. The action in the match was outstanding. It just, it was just to me it was just way too much outside interference. And and I'll agree with you. I'll agree with you on that, and I'll agree with you on the Cody part. Um, you know, I, I, unfortunately, I'm not going to agree with you on on that every face on the roster should have attacked. But I will definitely agree with you 100 percent that Cody. Cody not lifting a finger, not only for his own wife, but not, but also for his teammates while they're getting beaten down is just, it just proves that Cody is a heel. Speaking of Cody's wife, you know, this is the second time that she's had the opportunity to have one of these, um, you know, admittedly pre-taped um, statements that she's done, but both times she's not out of the park with them. 
think oh, she's, yeah, very she was, good. She was, she's very good in that type of setting. And see that too. I mean, that that's another part that lays credence to the whole Cody Rhodes thing is that he knew she cut this promo. He knew that she was going to be targeted by Roberts and by Archer. The fact that he didn't at least accompany them to ringside or be on the ready to come out there is just, it's a horrible heel act that is going to go unnoticed because he's the face of the company. Yeah, I love how she called him a good guy in her in her little promo. Right, thing. exactly. And that's only part of that. And I was like, what? <laughs> the rest of it was great. <laughs> you know, the rest of it I had me riveted, but I was like, no, he's not. Speaking of unbelievably fire promos, fucking Brody Lee. I didn't realize he really had that in him because we never heard him talk in NXT or in WWE. He was always um, overshadowed by Bray. But that man can deliver a promo. Yeah. I tried to tell you that before. And he was nails with it. I mean, everything that he said, the way he said it, uh, a very um, Jake Robert-esque with the, you know, talking in a whisper so, and everybody will hear what I say type of stuff. I just, I, I, I thought his promo was, uh, was amazing. Well, One of the best I've heard in a long time. Let's just be totally clear about it. The, that entire segment from this. From the from the from the time those two were made their entrances to the time Bro, to the time that Brody Lee left with the with the world championship was tits. I love that oh, yeah. entire thing. Yep, that match, Frankie Kazarian. Now, one thing that maybe I misheard him. Um, were they saying that he has sixteen victories or he's sixteen and zero? Who's that? Frankie Kazarian. I think that his city has sixteen victories. He can't, he can't be sixteen and zero. Or was it 13? Well, that's what I was going to say is I kept hearing them saying, you know, 13 and I thought for Earth, it was 13, not 16. And I kept hearing them, you know, talk about he's got 13 wins, 13 wins, 13 wins. And I'm like, okay, first of all, he has not wrestled a singles match. So all those wins are with his tag team partner. And secondly, he's not 13 and 0. I know for a fact he lost at least one match when they uh, lost the belts. Yeah, and they lost three match too. Unless they were counting pinfalls where he never, you know, he's never, because I don't believe he's ever taken the pinfall. I think it's always been Sky. Really? I believe so, yeah. I mean, I'd have to go back and look, but I'm I'm fairly certain if I think about it, Kazarian's always knocked out on the, on the apron or something, and Sky ate the pins. Hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about so, that. Uh, I mean, unless they, they, and, they were pushing Sky so hard, I, th- I thought he was the one that was getting all the pins and not taking none of the losses. Well, they also said thirteen wins, which would also make sense. Where maybe because I, I can guarantee SCU has had way more than thirteen matches on in AEW since last October. And, you know, and, so and, you, it, know, you, you made a pretty bold statement that he hasn't had any singles matches. There's not there's not been any on Dynamite, but that doesn't mean there hasn't been any on on. Uh, on dark that we have just haven't seen. Oh no, they they actually said it that this was his first uh singles match since 2019. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, he may have had one or two singles matches on dark in 2019, but they I mean, I I believe it was JR actually did say it that this was his first singles match of 2020. But I'm wondering if maybe they're counting only his pinfalls where he actually got the pinfall. Because I know they've had way more than 13 matches. 
and if they're coming and you know they've been successful more than not uh, you know especially i mean jesus they probably had 13 wins in that tournament and and while they were champions so i wonder if they're just I, counting no, i think 13 is probably right you think so i do because I, because I mean, there, there were all, there were times when, when they were champions, they they weren't there in some weeks, and there were because you got to th- you got to think about it. This is only the they've only been around as an organization for about seven months now. So, so then there were there were there were a couple of weeks there. You know, they were probably on like every other week when they were the champions, or if not every week sometimes. But there was also once they lost the titles that we barely seen them. Well, we saw them every week because remember before this whole shutdown thing, we were actually complaining about how every single week it's best friends in SCU. They're on every single week and and other tag teams aren't getting any time on TV because it's always a match with um, either best friends or SCU. See, in my my recollection, they didn't they didn't even show up on TV for like three out of the four weeks after they lost the titles. And then then we had this covid thing going on. So I would say. You know, for the for the better part of the last three months, we haven't seen SCU. Yeah, that's well. I know. Yeah, they we haven't seen them at least the last um, you know four or five episodes that were taped because that was that was best friends every single week. They were in the tag team every, match every week. Yeah, I don't think thirteen wins is a, is out of the question for being an accurate for them as a team. I I, I really don't. That's possible, but I, I I just think it's it's kind of tainted. Um, to say that they've got 13 wins when most of that was in a tag team, when all of that was in a tag team, and most of it was when during Scorpio Sky's push, so they um, they couldn't really they couldn't really say that Frankie was the catalyst of the wins when Scorpio Sky was getting all the pinfalls. Yeah, you know, they, I, I think you know a, a system like that should be something like maybe you get three wins for a singles win. Two points for a tag win, and then like one point for a draw. Oh, so you're actually saying there should be a, a reasoning for their ranking system, other than just, hey, Cody should be the number one contender now, Arlo. Well, Arlo, I, I like the idea of there being of there being a, a, you know a reasoning behind their ranking system, but I know they also take into account like who you actually beat and who you lost to as well. So I really don't know how to factor that all in. I'm not a mathematician. It makes it means nothing to me when they have mini tournaments to crown number one contenders and number four will jump up to number one that easily. And um, whenever Cody Rhodes is mentioned, when a guy who can't even challenge for a championship is mentioned as the number one contender, the ranking system means nothing to me. Well, they technically don't. They technically don't see it. I mean, I, I agree with you, but they technically don't see it's the number one contender. They say he's the he's ranked number one of the company. No, they said he was number one contender tonight. Did they? That that's why it stuck out so much to me is they they legitimately said he's the number one contender for the heavyweight title. No, he's not because he can't contend for the heavyweight title. And then they and then during his match they were backtracking saying we know you know he's the number one number one guy but he can't technically wrestle for the because of his loss to Jericho and it's like then he can't even be in the rankings. Plain and simple, if he can't wrestle for the belt, he should not be in the rankings. Yeah, well, that's been our argument for for you know months now, but I mean it's it's not going to change, so there's no point in bringing it up over and over again. I know, I'm still just angers me. Okay. Um, you know, one thing that angered me <laughs> was, was everything. You know, I, everything I really, is really, fired up as you are. I really liked everything going on with MJF, and I and I liked how he was announced as having a match with Jungle. Like, 
And I love the spit take he did about it. And then JR had to ruin it by saying, he's against Jungle Boy Luke or Jack Perry. It's like, fuck you, JR. I was getting, I was very happy the last several weeks not having to hear Jack Perry's name. You know, he goes by Jungle Boy. Let it call him fucking Jungle Boy. You're the only motherfucker that does that. Knock it the fuck off. It's funny because I was, I was watching Twitter and there was, um, while I was watching tonight, I was, you know, working on uploading some of our, yeah. While I was watching the show, I was actually on Twitter watching the feed go by and there were so many people that were complimenting JR and his commentary tonight about how much they missed him because he's been off TV forever and how they thought he was on points. And I'm like, yeah, he, he was, it was nice to hear him again. Nice to hear the whole team again. But I mean, JR is still JR. He, he's a legend who deserves all the kudos in the world for his work from 97 to about 2004 but he's not the same JR that we were that we have that had back then. No, and, and you're. I mean, yeah, he did do a solid job tonight. But that that's something that's always going to piss me off, I guess. And I know it's something I should get over, but it's it's just the fact is that you know he's doing something that nobody else does. You know, Jungle Boy doesn't call himself Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. None of his opponents do. None of his partners do. None of the other announcers do. He's the only guy that does it. And I think, and I think he would just get the company line and call him by and call him by the, by the you know the name that he goes by. And I mean, even um, even you know, anytime he anytime he calls him Jack Perry in the match, um, Excalibur is quick to just call just say Jungle Boy after. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have noticed that. I have noticed that a lot. And I think a lot of it's because. Um, Jungle Boy is trying to make a name for himself, not based on his dad. Mm-hmm. And every time JR does that, the first thing that comes up is Luke Perry. That's the first thing you think of. So now all of a sudden he's tied to his famous dad. Yep, exactly. You know, it's it's like, uh, you know, just like Joe Hill. You know, just, just like the author Joe Hill was trying not to, you know, be synonymous with his, favorite, his famous dad. He wanted to make it on his own. Yeah. And you um, can't blame a kid for that. Not at all. And I and I do understand JR's point that you know he wants him to have a chance in the future if he if he chooses to go by something else to go by something else but that's his choice right it's not it's not your decision to you know put it out on front street yeah I mean I don't see Jungle Boy on a marquee um, so at some point he's probably going to end up go, uh, changing his name and maybe going by Jack Perry who knows but to be fair did you ever see the so go ever, to the fridge and get it Arlo did you ever see the Young Bucks on, on the marquee. I mean, they're not. They're not young. They're not going to be young, you know. If they no, exactly. They're not going to be young for another ten years, you know. So there's, there's always going to go by the young bucks. But going by a tag team is a little bit different than going by a um, goofy name in today's wrestling. It's not like uh, it was, you know, thirty years ago when you could go by the Shockmaster. <laughs> you couldn't even go by the Shockmaster thirty years ago. <laughs> they tried. <laughs> They, they definitely failed. tried. But even like Vader, I mean, Big Van Vader is not a name that would work in today's world. Hold on, Arlo. Hold on. You know, that's, so, I mean, that's not even a name that I think would work in today's environment. So who is your all-time play-by-play guy of all time? It's tough because play-by-play has never been my favorite. 
Um, I think if I had to pick somebody, it would have to be the guy that I kind of grew up watching, and that's Tony Schiavone. For me, it's always been Vincent Mann. I've always... I've always loved Vincent Mann's commentary on like Saturday Night's Main Event and Superstars, even some of the WrestleManias, Raw. He's always been my favorite play-by-play. Gorilla Monsoon is another one that would have to be like right up there. Like I, I think Shivani, because as much of a wrestling fan as I was in the age Gorilla Monsoon, I was never a diehard. I mean, I was a kid, so you know, and I and I really liked. Um, the NWA announcers too. When Shivani was, uh, you know, a table guy back then, he wasn't a, an actual announcer, but he's Shivani's probably been in my life the longest. So I might have a little more, little more love for him than I normally would. But Gorilla Monsoon is up there as well. I think Gorilla, I think Gorilla was good playing off of both Jesse and Bobby, but I think just, just, just from the, you know, just from the excitement level, the personality that he had, the, um, the everyman quality, that, you know, despite the fact he's never, certainly not that anymore. That this that man had, I always enjoyed the hell out of. And, and the and, and, and the second, fact. And my second favorite is probably Shivani, and then my, and then and then rapidly over the last few years, gaining traction on both of them to, for me is Kevin Kelly. Well, and Ian Riccoboni is still one of the tops. I, I even even now when I'm not totally in love with the Ring of Honor program, I still enjoy listening to Riccoboni. I will say this, that tonight, um, when uh, Excalibur called a V-trigger a knee, a knee to the back of the neck, I, I really, really missed Kevin Kelly screaming V-trigger. Yeah. Yeah, that, that bugged me too. But on the other hand, you know, you shouldn't be able to get up that quickly from a V-trigger, so, so I'm, I'm happy with it just being a high knee. And that's yeah, yeah, I mean it. But yeah, it, and we didn't see that was one thing that I did notice about this match is we didn't see a whole lot of Kenny's moves. You know, outside of his, um, and I don't know what he calls it. You know, it's the more bang for the buck that he used to do with the Golden Lovers, and it was called the Golden Buck or something like that. I don't remember, but more bang for your Golden Buck. Is that what it was? Okay, but he did. You know, he did his solo version of that. But I didn't see any dragon suplexes. I didn't see any V triggers. I didn't see any, um, you know, of his standard moves that we that we normally see out of Kenny Omega. No, he he did the V trigger and he did the uh, that like high flying bulldog leapfrog combination. I can't remember the name of that on top of my head. Oh, the yeah the. Um, um, and then he tried, and then he tried for the for the one winged angel on Jericho at the end when the PMP came out to stop. It just it was it was weird because I'm used to seeing that Snapdragon at least three three times per match, and I'm used to seeing V triggers. You know, it's one of the things that I've always given him so much credit for is that he can do a V trigger eight times in a match every single match, and it never seems forced. You know, where you see other guys, they've got their five or six moves that they have to get into every match, and they always seem forced. Mm-hmm. Uh, his V triggers have never seemed forced ever. And, and you know, I, and I really loved J. That's the only thing I did really love about JR commentary tonight was talking about Kenny, about how people are like, "Where's Kenny? Where's Kenny? Where's the Kenny we saw in New Japan?" Well, Kenny's right here, and he's doing it just fine. Yeah, Kenny's just not out there at Wrestle Kingdom putting on seventy-five minute matches. Right. You know, but this is the same Kenny, and and I, you know, I especially and, talk and him and up let's every be single. Honest, if, he, if he was wrestling in <coughs> television for for NGPW, he wouldn't have been putting on seventy-five minute matches either. No, exactly. 
And, you know, we're the first ones to talk about I Jesus, I talk about him almost every other week about what a treat it is to see a guy as talented as him every single week. And I'm not going to back off of that. I, I don't think Kenny ever went anywhere. That's why I was so annoyed by his storyline of being lost and um, having to find himself and all that stuff. Just like I was with the Adam Page storyline where the whole reason he quit the Elite was because he was lost and needed to go out on his own so and he wasn't getting cheered and all this stuff. And it's like, dude, you're the most popular guy on the roster. What do you mean you're not getting cheered? Yeah, very true. So, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I'm really happy that he did say that. I, that was one thing that really stuck out about his announcing tonight is when he, when he was like, you know, where's Kenny Omega been? Uh, guys, he's right here. This is Kenny Omega. And he's true. It's true. He's, he's the same, same guy now that he was, has been for the last four years when he was probably the best in the world. Yeah, he's just doing, he's just doing different things, you know. One thing I will say, you can't be on top forever. One thing I will say is that Cody's matches are starting to get a little bit predictable. Starting to? No, I mean, but more so than like he's gotten past his um, his five move kind of stretch thing where he's got his five signature moves he has to get in. But now even the storyline of each match is so similar every single time he wrestles. I know we've noticed that since uh, um, All Out. Yeah, you pay more attention to that stuff than I do, though. I mean, just with the with me being you know kind of looking at it as more because I've you know I I've enjoyed Cody's matches. I've enjoyed watching him. I've enjoyed watching the way he you know he is in the ring and and the stuff that he does. But ultimately, he's not been some guy that I've. Can you turn that down, Arlo? Jesus. Um, he's not one of those guys that I analyze every single thing he does because, as much as I do like the work he's done, I've never looked at him as an elite level competitor like a Kenny Omega. Where Kenny, I analyze everything he does in the ring because he's so good at it. Yeah, I, th- I think I think for me it was you know that amazing match he had against Dustin last year, and then um, that match against had against Sean Spears at All Out were both outstanding matches, and it was starting to to the, be the point where I was calling him the best you know storyteller in pro wrestling. And, and oh yeah, I was right there with you. And since then, he's just it's just kind of fallen to the point where, like you said, he's he's telling the same story in all his matches. I mean, it, it, they all end but, up, but even his match. It was didn't use two or three crosswords to beat Joey Janela. It was just one of them. Well, and he didn't hit the disaster kick 14 times, um, calling it a different name every single time. Uh, speaking of which, <laughs> when, I was, um, when I was watching, or, you know, when Twitter was up, I was sitting here, and I'm just watching this Moxley match, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw MJF had tweeted, and all it said is, John Moxley smells like shit. Fucking <laughs> 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 MJF. I, I like MJF tweeting during the show. I think that's fun. Yeah, he should. But yeah, just it was it was a tweet from MJF, and all it said is John Moxley smells like shit. And it was right after Moxley walked past him. Isn't it nice that he named his his fan base after you, though? 
What's that? Isn't it nice that he named his fan base after you? Uh, I, I've been going through um, meltdown after meltdown tonight. Um, as you can probably tell by the child still being awake. Oh, yeah, so I, called, called the M. Jeffers. M. Jeffers? Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I unfortunately didn't hear that. I thought he that was, was delivering. That was two weeks ago. Was it? Oh, well, then I probably forgot about it. I don't know. I mean, his, his promo tonight, what I caught of it was really, really good. The one where he was sitting on the, on the throne. Yeah. And then and then his one with Shivani too, I thought was really good. The little bits and pieces I caught. Um, after somebody goes to bed, I'm gonna actually rewatch them. Might not be a bad idea. Because I I thought they were they were going really well, but then, um, you know, we needed milk or we needed something, so I didn't get to catch all of it. Yeah, well, you know, before you know it, he'll be old enough to get that stuff for himself. Yeah, and I, I believe me, I'm cherishing it. I, I'm not complaining about it at all. Uh, but it's one of those things where sometimes I have to rewatch things because I miss it. Yeah. I get it. Um. Nice to see another Rose back tonight, but I really wish they'd done. They'd had something more meaningful for her to do. She cut a pretty decent promo too. One that I was. Fairly, fairly impressed with. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Um, anything else? No, I, I don't have anything. Yeah, me neither. Um, guys, if you're listening to us on YouTube, first of all, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Secondly, hit that like button, subscribe button, ring the notification bell. It, it helps us out a lot. Also, check out our Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash kingdom of honor. Um, you can uh, subscribe to our archives, hear everything we have ever done uh, as a duo going all the way back to 2015. Um, and also, we do have some That's exclusives. Five years we've been together, guys. Can you believe that shit? It's... And five years is actually coming up. Like it wasn't at WrestleMania, so it's just over five years. Yeah. But I mean, one of our first shows was shortly after WrestleMania in 2015. So you know, we've been doing this now for five years. Um, you know, which is which is great, and and uh, you can listen to all of it on our Patreon.com. Uh, patreon.com slash kingdom of honor also um, we did do a new brand new patreon exclusive show last week so uh, and another one coming up this coming week also um, look us up on twitter uh, you can uh, i'm at Reggie co-op he's at zanman lop and um Use the hashtag DAD and hashtag KOH for everything. Also, if you are on YouTube, uh, you can check us out on Lords of Pain Radio dot, uh, YouTube channel uh, for Dynamite After Dark. It runs on both our channel and that channel. So, And uh, like, Jeff, like Jeff mentioned, we'll be doing a Patreon show next week. We'll be talking about Final Battle 2011, the last um, of the first year of our coverage of Sinclair of Honor uh, for Ring of Honor. Um, so you know, check that out if you get a chance, and then and then listen to us talk about it. Um, tomorrow night is MCLP Radio Adventure. On Friday is WWF the Legacy Series, talking about Survivor Series 1987, the very first Survivor Series. And then next Monday, or I'm sorry, next Tuesday, we'll be back with you talking about Bound for Glory 2005. As you guys know, there's still not a lot of wrestling stuff going on right now. You know, NJPW is all canceled. For, for, you know, for the foreseeable future. Ring of Honor has canceled all those, all those shows now through June. So, um, you know, so I mean, it's going to be July until we're talk- we have really another 
organization to talk about besides impact and I guess MLW if something strikes our fancy there so um, we're going to dive back to a time when we loved, ring up, loved uh, TNA in Bound for Glory 2005 and talk about not only that card but also you know if they had if they had stayed the course of Rhino as world champion what could what what could have happened um, instead of going back to Jeff Jarrett two days later so um, that's all we've got we'll try to do better next time this is Shane saying long days, pleasant nights, and Jeff saying goodbye. G1 Climax 27. Goodbye. And good night. Bang.